unmissable stories from around the globe. From the BBC World Service. My happy place, this is who I am. <laughs> Search for the documentary, Lives Less Ordinary, and Amazing Sports Stories, wherever you get your BBC podcasts. So, um, I'm in Lahore at the moment, sitting in my favorite cafe, but unfortunately, the words won't come. Welcome to the documentary in the studio from the BBC World Service. This is the series that gets inside the minds of some of the world's most creative people. I'm Paul Waters, and I am following the Pakistani author Avez Khan in Lahore as he struggles with writer's block, an inability to produce new creative work, and the unusual step he takes to overcome it. I try to write, but somehow I'm just stuck in the story. It's early summer. Aves is in Lahore, where he lives, trying to complete the first draft of his new thriller, which he's provisionally calling Her Sister's Secret. It's told from the points of view of Maria and her husband Soheb, whose marriage comes under pressure from an unexpected quarter. Aves's novels focus on the dark side of family and political life in Pakistan, and they've made him a number one bestseller at home. But he's determined that the current book he's writing, or trying to write, will be a global hit. Unfortunately, Aves has been struck by writer's block. I feel that the words should come to me easily, but they're not. Writer's block has been around a long time, although the term was only coined by the psychiatrist Edmund Burglar just over 70 years ago. Many famous creative people have experienced it, including the British singer-songwriter Adele, the Russian composer Sergei Rachmaninoff, and the American novelist F. Scott Fitzgerald. Aves is just the latest in a long line. Full disclosure from me, I'm also an author, and when I struggle to focus, I leave my house for a walk to clear my head. Aves does something more radical. He leaves the country entirely and flies to London. I spoke to him while he was in Lahore about how writer's block hits him. Writer's block is a very tricky creature, Writer's block can strike you at any time, but usually what happens is that I feel personally that once you've written down the first 15,000 or 20,000 words, when the initial excitement has um, gone, that's when the writer's block strikes. And then you're like, what am I even doing? Why am I even working on this? Where Where is the story headed? It's kind of like a fever, isn't it? You know, it strikes at the worst possible moment when you need all the motivation you can get. How has it been with your previous books? Writer's block has been with me with every book, but I don't think it has been that so bad as this one. So, yeah. And when it happens, how does it feel? Writer's block makes you feel pretty much worthless as a writer, I think. You stop seeing the body of work you have written and contributed towards publishing. What you see before you is basically an impending failure that you don't have what it takes to be a good writer. And that's where I feel I'm at with this thriller. So how have you tried to overcome it when it has happened to you before? In the past and even today, what works for me is distraction. So I've stopped writing in my study as much as I can. I've started writing in a cafe in Lahore. It's not that far from my house and it has good coffee, which is the most important thing. 
and i don't know i think the noise the people the whole culture sort of inspires me to write so i think that has worked to some extent but even then i feel myself after a couple of hours i'm like i feel very drained and then i start dreading the drive back home and i'm like okay i'm going to be stuck in my study again not being able to write so have things changed in that before you had the luxury of not having pressure not having recognition and now you're on the cusp of moving to a different level and the pressure is a lot greater it is i i think uh, it's part of that is due to the fact that i am also pakistan based so the pressure sort of multiplies because it's like a very deserted island even though it's a, a country of 240 million but think of that as a very deserted place when it comes to authors so yeah i think that makes it even harder and if this book doesn't work or you're unable to finish it what will that mean for your writing career for me the stakes are that i'm at the cusp of something big i feel because I've grown as a writer. I have a chance of hitting the Sunday Times bestseller list if I keep my streak. And that's where the t- terror comes in that what if I'm not able to keep up that streak? What if this house of cards sort of collapses on itself? It's also social media is to blame for a lot of that. I'm very active on social media. You know, I'm always telling people that here's what I'm at, here's what I'm writing and if and a lot of people respond pretty well to that. and for them to realize that this person who's been shouting about writing a book for so long hasn't written it it's going to have some devastating ramifications for my uh, reputation as an author i think so yeah that's how high the stakes are how did you find out that leaving pakistan and moving to london to write would help how did you first discover that was the answer what happened is that i was writing no honor for like i said for 3 years and right before covid hit it was january 2020 that's when i made a final trip to london before covid and i still hadn't finished no honor and i was in a bit of a pickle there but it's the funniest thing that when i actually sat down to write in london it just it was like a cakewalk so when you arrive in london what happens next as soon as i step out of the airport and the london and the very cool or cold uh, london air hits you as an author i feel very liberated and then it's just a fa- uh, the matter of finding a good cafe and sticking to it that's what i do i like to stick to a couple of cafes that i really enjoy do the staff in these coffee shops do they get to know you sometimes yes but uh, in pakistan all it's like literally they greet me like a long lost friend and they're like yes yes come and there's an, always a table set for me they know what coffee i drink so they know everything about me so that's very nice but in the uk that's what i like in the uk the fact that people don't know me at all which gives me more freedom with pakistan always someone who recognizes me and comes up to me and either it's like they sit down and talk to me without invitation or they'll ask me for a signed copy or autograph i mean i appreciate that but still it's sometimes when you are in the thick of a scene it breaks your concentration and i have to ask you about money most aspiring writers in pakistan would not be able to afford to do this how can you do it i am actually planning to be in london for at least 3 to 4 weeks i can't afford to stay in hotels all through my stay so what i'm going to do is that my agent is really nice and she's offered to let host me for a couple of weeks at her place so i'm probably going to take her up on the offer so you're heading to london to finish this book what if it doesn't work what if going to london to write fails to tackle your writer's block 
Life in itself is a risk. I think you have to take a risk. But this has to get you writing again or else. Exactly, yeah. Or else there's a, it is basically a catastrophe if it doesn't end up happening. Meanwhile, Aves sets off for the UK and the home of his very accommodating agent, who we'll meet later. A few days after he arrives in London, I meet Aves face to face at a cafe in the city's bustling West End. London helped him beat his writer's block before. I want to know if it's working this time, now that the stakes are so much higher. Hello. Hello. I'm actually on chapter number 14 at the moment. It's very strange, but what's going on is that even though it's a book predominantly set in Pakistan, I'm actually getting some, a lot of words down here in London. It's, it's, it's weird. I think the culture change has really helped me focus. The book's two main protagonists are Maria and her husband Soheb, and their marriage is in trouble. Aves reads out loud to me what he has most recently written. It's a scene in a cafe in Pakistan, in which Maria's husband Soheb is dangerously distracted by her sister, Farina, kissing her boyfriend Adil. Farina leaned sideways to peck Adil on the lips, but as if rethinking her decision, she let her lips linger just for a moment more, enough for Soheb to get a glimpse of her pink tongue. He crossed his legs, hoping his flaming face wouldn't be too obvious. See, Farina murmured, I just kissed my boyfriend in public. Did the world end? No, it didn't. So your writing is, is working again. Where was it when you left Lahore? I think I was stuck on chapter 12 when I was in Lahore and I was just wasn't progressing. I think partly to, it's to do with the fact that this novel is a bit bold. The theme is a bit bold. So I think being in London, away from everyone, away from all that judgment and stuff, I think I'm finally starting to get this story out and I don't really feel any sense of embarrassment. The next time I meet Aves, he's helping to launch someone else's book. Here we are, up in the third floor. Book launch, Truth or Dare, and other stories by Nadia Kabir Barb. The author Nadia Kabir Barb is originally from Dhaka in Bangladesh. Aves is interviewing her in front of an audience, and it's great to see him at the centre of the writing community here, but I worry that it's distracting him from doing his own writing. These are nice questions and then I have a rapid fire now. While I'm here, I take the opportunity to ask Nadia Kabir Barb if she ever suffers from writer's block. Absolutely. I think that is part of being a writer. I think if anybody says they don't have writer's block, I'm not sure I quite believe them. I think for me, it's I don't like what I'm writing. You just go round in circles, deeper and deeper into this quagmire of doubt. I also see author Reshma Ruya from India and ask for her experience of writer's block. Just like you have an angel at the shoulder, I think the devil at the shoulder is the writer's block. Especially, I think, for women writers who are juggling many roles. It's like somebody barging in the bathroom just as I'm about to, you know, <laughs> be comfortable. And uh, you have to be fiercely disciplined and cruel and you need to sort of kick the door shut. Remarkable personal stories. Betrayal. It runs through my life and runs through my story. Deep dive documentaries. These children are using their own bags not to carry books, but they carry the drug markets in Sweden on their shoulders. And sports, but not as you know it. There's this massive landslide of myth 
and somewhere in there is the truth. The BBC World Service tells the world's stories. Search for Lives Less Ordinary, the documentary, and amazing sports stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. You're listening to the documentary in the studio from the BBC World Service, following the Pakistani author Aves Khan trying to overcome his writer's block as he works on his new novel. A few days later, I meet Aves again in another cafe. Things have moved on pretty nicely, actually, since we last met. I think I am approaching the halfway mark now. I'm relieved. I was worried that London's literary scene was distracting Aves from his own writing, but the activity seems to be stimulating him instead. When we last met, he was considering how to put the marriage of his characters Maria and Sohaib under strain from extramarital shenanigans. What did he decide? Well, um, the extramarital shenanigans have happened now. So, basically... I love it when you get so embarrassed talking about this. <laughs> well, as a Pakistani, it's hard not to get embarrassed because these things are very pretty much taboo in our country and writing about them, talking about them, they always sort of bring on a blush, honestly. What is it about coming to coffee shops in England, or in London in particular, that makes the difference, that seems to unlock what you want to do? I think it's the overall atmosphere. It's the fact that you see people on the go and so many people actually reading books here because uh, in Pakistan you don't get that. And I don't think writers are very well respected in Pakistan anyway. Here it's considered to be a noble profession, which I really like. So are there specific triggers that get you going when you sit down in a coffee shop? What's your ritual? What do you drink? For some reason, the noise, the noise of the coffee machine, the noise of people, I think they really, it calms me. I usually get a white chocolate mocha. That's my favorite. And you might have uh, encountered that in my books as well. I've mentioned that a lot. So that's my favorite coffee, actually. I add cream on top and it's really pretty to look at. So that also gets me, makes me happy. And when I'm happy, then I'm obviously inspired. And that's how it works. I look back through Aves's previous novels to check. He's telling the truth. That specific drink does appear in his writing. And I quote, She shivered. Raising the mug of white chocolate mocha to her lips, the sweetness tasted bitter on her tongue. In London, you know, there is this culture of people not really meeting your eye. How does that contrast with being in a coffee shop in Lahore? In Pakistan, the problem is that a lot of people can't hear the word no. So if you say, oh, well, I'm, I'm just quite busy here, they'll say, oh, really, tell me all about it. They'll actually, yeah, they'll actually take the opposite chair then. You know, if they know that I'm busy, you know, that's how it is. They're like, oh, yeah, but you have time for chat, right? I'm like, yeah, OK. Surely this must give you material, though, inspiration for what you write. What have you seen that's made it into one of your books or, or may yet? You're going to get me into trouble here because that's exactly what every Pakistani asks me, that what is this based on? What, who is this character based on? Is there anyone in here right now who you look at and you think, I wonder about that one? I wonder. Well, there's a, a middle-aged white man here reading the Evening Standard and uh, he's got a backpack with him. So I wonder what he's up to. He seems, he seems pretty upset, so I don't know. Ah, oh, your writer's mind never rests. Never rests. Absolutely, and I think that's deep down what a, being a writer is, finding stories in everything. One of the pressures of being an author is that you have to take time out from working on your current book to officially launch your previous one. I attend the launch of Aves's previous novel, Someone Like Her, which has just come out. Aves is invited to read an excerpt, 
but seems unsure as to whether anyone will want to listen. And I think you might want to read for one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, sh- I can do that unless I, I don't want to bore people. But thank you so much, for everyone, for coming. I wasn't expecting so many people to show up for me. So, as a Pakistani author, it means even more to me. Aves, you've just been launching someone like her. One way of looking at writer's block is it's a kind of imposter syndrome thinking that you can't do it how can you feel that way when you're in the middle of launching your third book Uh, clearly you can write i think um, we all have our moments of self-doubt but it's times like this when you're launching your book and you see so many people here that you realize that um, yeah maybe you can write (laughs) even when you were reading a short excerpt from your book tonight that everyone had come to see and hear about and to buy and to get you to sign, you were saying, just before you read it, I don't want to bore you. And I was surprised at that. Even at that moment of triumph, you were still questioning. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a part of being a writer. You're never really, never fully confident because people can always, you know, uh, not like your work. Well, congratulations for tonight. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. Once again, I question other authors in attendance about writer's block. Northern Irish writer Gary Donnelly has a nuanced approach to the problem. For me, I wouldn't say block. Block is a sort of an umbrella term which maybe doesn't do justice just to the fact that the the art of writing and the art of creating is such hard work. Is it more like writer's brake, like slowing down a brake in a car or something? Isn't that a lovely way of thinking about it? Yes, I I, I think maybe it is. And I think really it's sometimes a reflection, perhaps, of of the inherently organic, unconscious elements within writing. I liken it in some ways to running. It's always easier not to run. It's always easier not to write. So my advice, I suppose, to myself and others is put on your literary trainers, take one step, put it after another, don't stop until you've reached your target. But author Kia Abdullah is less tolerant of talk of writer's block. Obviously, writers are different. I can't sit here and call them precious, but... To my mind, if I was to say I can't write anything today because inspiration hasn't hit me, I think I would be being a little bit precious, to be honest. So sometimes I would literally write A goes into B, B sits down, C says this. None of that is very well written, but as long as the actions are there and the structure and the bare bones of the scene is there, I can go back and fix the writing. I wonder what Aves will make of that. So what have we got here? I ask him when we meet again in yet another London cafe. And a flat white. Thank you. I want to go back to some of what we were talking about writer's block. I've been asking other writers what they think about it. And some said, this is nonsense. You don't have other people saying, I don't feel like going to work as a doctor today. They don't say, sorry, I'm, I'm blocked. They just turn up and do it day in, day out because that's the grown-up professional thing to do. Why do writers feel that they're different? There's a difference, you see. Work and creation, they're two very different things. When you're creating something, obviously you're going to pause and think and wonder whether you're doing something good or not. With a doctor or with an engineer, you're given a task and you have to perform it. And it's something that you've done many times before. So it's kind of like second nature to you. Whereas writing, you're constantly creating. Every scene is a new thing. Every experience is new. Every character is new. 
left if you don't feel in the moment if you're not lost in the moment or the characters are not captivating you or the setting is not really good enough for you then you can't write the book is now 120 pages long avais reads out loud to me where he has got to in a challenging scene in this fractious marriage maria is violently attacked by her husband sohaib his fingers wrapped around wrapped themselves around her neck you will regret this it was so easy he could snap that slender neck in a second give me one good reason why i shouldn't kill you right now your parents will hate you and not leave you a single rupee sohaib deflated allowing her to peel his fingers from her neck i hate you maria i hate you so much she rolled as she rolled her eyes tell this to someone who cares okay so what what are you going to write now what i'm planning is that uh, she's going to obviously go to someone who cares about her okay so let's see what what happens so it's she rolled her eyes tell this to someone who cares and this is where you pick up so heb left in a rush in a mad rush actually i listen in as avais thinks out loud what he should write next and then types it straight into his draft on his laptop maria knew that there was only one other person who could help her at this moment so obviously when you write fiction it has to be there has to be a bit of tension so you don't jump from one place to next immediately so there has to be a build up of tension so she's going to be in her car she's going to think of what's gone wrong in her marriage yeah she'll be in two minds about it but i think her anger will win okay so it was a very muggy evening kind of like she felt inside like she'd never be clean again maybe this was a mistake she knew this was a mistake actually it's great sitting here hearing you thinking aloud as you type does that make it harder <laughs> am i kind of getting in the way i i feel that i am well i think it's actually made me focus a little better so you know i think you should sit with me while i write paul because it really i think uh, you really made me think about the scene and i actually ended up finalizing everything quite quickly because generally i think for a long time before i start typing it down but in your presence i was quite forced to write and i think it's not bad writing to be honest but i i, I can get a new job as a, <laughs> a an author's muse absolutely oh, wonderful It's a Thursday night. I have come to see Aves in Britain one last time. He's going back to Lahore in Pakistan tomorrow, and I've come to the home of his agent, where he's staying. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you? Aves's literary agent and generous host while he's in London is Annette Crossland. She's hoping to secure a career-changing publication deal for him for the book he's currently writing. I listen in as they make plans. So, Aves, we've got to talk about the new book. Have you got a title in mind? Yes, as far as I'm concerned it's called Her Sister's Secret. I've actually written quite a bit. I'm more than halfway through, and we need to discuss how we're going to be dealing with this one in the market and everything. I mean my intention is that we'll submit to at least 40 UK publishers the big 5 or 
After the meeting, I ask Annette about Aves's radical decision to escape his writer's block by moving to another country. The reason Aves likes writing here is because he feels free to do so. Because certainly there are constraints on freedom of speech in Pakistan and they don't have the same support that publishers have here. Aves is actually staying in your house. Do you do that for all your authors? No. In so. fact, are there any others in the house hanging away? <laughs> um, this is the first time I've had any author of mine to stay for longer than a couple of days. But Avez is a very charming house guest. And is this your way of checking up that he's actually writing? <laughs> yes, I'm standing over him with a big stick saying, get writing. <laughs> Avez, you've been here in Britain for maybe just under a month, but you're going back to Lahore tomorrow. So I want to know how this great trip to tackle your writer's block has worked. Where are you now and how many words have you written? I am now on at chapter 20, I think. When I arrived here, I had about 22,000 words under my belt and now I've got more than 40, I've written more than 40,000. However, I think that progress isn't that great. But on the flip side, I think I am motivated enough to continue this back at home in Pakistan. Maybe London is getting a bit like Lahore for you. You're getting too well known. People bother you. They want you to do things. That is actually true. This time it has been very busy and there hasn't been a single day where I've been able to sit uh, and have a day to myself. So, uh, yes, in a, in, a, in, a, in a way it has become like Lahore. The next time I hear from Aves, summer is turning to winter. He's back in Lahore, in his favourite cafe, and still making progress. I think I'm th- more than three quarters of the way through. I'm just trying to figure out the climax now. That's the only thing left. I think it's a very strange thing, this writing business, that you never really know what might click. So something like this overwhelming noise and the sound of the coffee machine and all this chatter, who could have thought that something like this would actually make you feel inspired or that a trip to London specifically to get rid of writer's block, would actually end up helping. Aves has now written 220 pages, but then the inevitable happens. He is spotted inside the cafe and interrupted. Yeah, so it's, it's basically going to be... Hi, Aves. Hi, Samir. Nice to see you. Just one second. Oh dear, just as he seems to have overcome his writer's block, will Aves actually get peace to finish his book? Then, in January, I get a message from Lahore. So I'm here at the cafe again, and uh, I have good news. I've just typed the final words for her sister's secret, and I'm done. So it's come up to about 90,000 words in the end, but uh, very proud of it. Um, fingers crossed for its success, and let's see how it does. Aves sounds delighted and relieved. So am I. Now he's finished writing his sister's secret. Will it be his first global bestseller? That's an ending nobody knows yet. You've been listening to the documentary In the Studio from the BBC World Service with the Pakistani author Aves Khan. It was produced and presented by me, Paul Waters. Now, I'm off to a busy coffee shop to get on with my own writing.